0: Hello, everybody. Before we get started today, is imperative as always to like and like and subscribe to the video. Smash that button. Um, every everything you guys do helps the channel grow, helps it develop, and I am always I've, um, I can't fucking talk. I'm always more than appreciative of all that shit. Um, without further ado, might as well introduce the guest. Um, This man is a very prominent figure in the Des Moines hip-hop community Um, He has worked with several comrades that have been on the show Uh, Very familiar with Conscious Crew Um, He performed at Vaudeville last year um, Which is where I saw him And uh, I've actually followed him for a few years He has a very interesting, unique style And our conversation today was extremely eye-opening And uh, very pleasant Um, Without further ado Here's the wonderful OBS. Hello, everybody. You're watching slash listening to Macalester Hours. I'm your host, as always, Colin McAllister. We are joined by a very special guest today. I've known about you for, I think, a couple
1: years now. Oh, that's crazy. That's
0: yeah. super crazy. Yeah. Um, Pac-Man.
1: Oh, my I, homie. Yeah, yeah my I brother. Him, yeah. I talked to him
0: while, well, actually. I'm going to be seeing him tomorrow.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm going to see him tonight at uh, a little show. Gonna... Oh, cool, cool. Yeah, that's my brother. Yeah. It's, like, oh. It's no, my... just like brother in <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. To, n- not in that, not <laughs> in <your> fucking price. <laughs> Maybe in some like cosmic universal way, like I'd like that. But yeah. We're all
0: brothers and sisters in a way,
1: right? No. Yeah, no, <laughs> that's yeah, that's not, no, that's my homie though. Um, but yeah, uh, I really, I really like your style. You really do a lot. Um, you're you're pretty
0: prominent. I, I'm not sure if I saw you perform. Was it last year at the uh, vaudeville? Were you there?
1: Yeah, okay, yeah. I yep. did see you last year. Though, mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: that was a sick show.
1: Yeah, and that show was fun with the conscious. That was the, mm-hmm. the conscious movie. Yeah, that, yep. those are my man. Like that was like, those are my homies. Like they're just super dope. Like just having like a a group of like creatives like them like who are like on this kind of safe like, as cliche as it sounds like conscious wave it's, like super dope. So that show was like, this show was special as fuck to me. Yeah, <laughs> <It's> super special. <laughs> I loved it.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Um, just a really great energy. Yeah, uh, really positive and uh, you know, just a it just felt ride. good. Yeah, it just felt good and like you could that's yeah. They're a great group of guys. I can't wait. They're, they're actually planning some uh shows here pretty soon, actually again. Mm. Yeah, so that's kind of TBA, so I'm actually like excited regardless of the 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 pandemonium we're in. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's kind of iffy
0: thing, you know, I hear every weekend. Like when you know, nobody knows when the hell. Well, I guess in Iowa they're opening up the bars.
1: Yeah, there's there's a lot yeah. There's a lot back at home that have uh uh been open for for a good minute actually now. Um but it's crazy cause I work in the school, I work in the schools also as like a paraeducator and like hearing about like all these like little rates rising like in like the, within like the Midwest region that we're in and like knowing like how like all these like bars and stuff like it kind of happened around times like these bars and all this stuff opened up. I'm like, man, like kind of conflicted. Like, yeah, it's just like, I think you can still be like out there and still kind of like be safe and do like what you need to do, but it's, it's just finding that balance with everything going on.
0: Yeah. that's the really difficult part, isn't it? Um, Trying to figure out how much you need to be careful and how much you need to be aware.
1: Yeah. It's a balancing game. Yeah. It's a super, it's a balancing game. There's just so much uncertainty right now with it. We're just, nobody knows what to do. We're kind of just playing this (laughs) guessing game of like, okay, what's the best way to do this? What's not? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, What's like some of your origin and background. You said you're from the quad
1: cities, right? Yeah. I'm from the quad cities. Yeah. I grew up in a rock Island, uh, Illinois. Um, and been there for like a majority of my life, minus like maybe two and a half years of a uh, college that I did outside of the Quad Cities. Um, but yeah, I'm originally from the Quad Cities. Um, graduated from there in like 2000. Uh, I mean, graduated from the high school in, uh, in Rock Island in 2010. Went to college and did like I was I won a cross country and track scholarship, so I was a big runner in that as well. Um, and my first major actually was in creative writing, which um. Ironically, at the time, like I, I, wanted to go into creative writing because I was like big into like story writing, just mm-hmm. like novel writing and all that, like stories like that. Because I was just like, I just had such a creative brain. But um, having like my parents who cared a lot, like parents do, and like have those like kind of like <laughs> concerns, worldly <laughs> concerns, or like, hey, like you might want to get into a profession that <laughs> yeah. will actually like pay something. So I was like, okay, education, like <laughs> like like that's, that's like the it stuff. pays something, you know? <laughs> so like it's but I I, there's an irony the irony in it is in this where like I write now like I'm a writer now like in a different form obviously from not like short story novels like I thought like I write not like narratives and novels but in a different way and like how I make something out of it it's just kind of like that irony of like how like you could have kept doing this shit not that like I'm, I'm happy with like we're like just being in education now because like, I feel like education and art like are so, such a cohesive Mm, force, you know, it's true. Um, so I'm, I'm happy that I, uh, kind of went that route, but it's just like funny how like the universe works that way of like, man, like if you said you want to do this, like fuck what they said, like do it, you know, (laughs) it was kind of cool, but yeah,
0: I totally feel that like, uh, the pressure to, you know like you said get a real job a real professional as they <laughs> say you know um, yeah there's a lot of from a lot of like uh my parents are both lawyers actually my dad's a judge currently mm. um so like people like that who are i don't know quote unquote like more practical i suppose yeah um, they, they yeah, it's really easy for them to have a lot of backlash on that
1: yeah i've been i've been kind of like uh, it, it's been cool kind of like seeing like as like i've kind of grown in my career is like not just like like a writer is being like, not as just like a rapper or like spoke word artist, but just like in these places of being like also like an author and like doing stuff as like with my own podcast and like um, other projects that I can't like really announce right now. But, uh, <laughs> but um, it's been kind of cool seeing my parents, like as I've been growing in that journey, them kind of like allowing themselves to understand that the world that they knew when it came to like what a real job meant is way more different now because like jobs and like, jobs have kind of like opened up like immensely. Like you can get like people can like make music from their room Mm -hmm. and make that a job. Now that's possible. Like that wasn't possible like years ago when it was only the label yeah or all that, that was like you're in or out to like this being a career. Like the fact that that's like opened up has like showed that like people can work independently from their, their homes and do this. And like them kind of like understanding the world has been kind of like opening up. They've been kind of like a lot more supportive, like, of kind of like my my journey as a creative than they were circa 2010, where are like, oh, you probably want to find a real job. It's just like 10 years later, they're like, okay, well, this is a real job. Like, this is actually a real job. So it's it's been cool to, like, see them have, like, that sense of humility to be like, okay, maybe mm-hmm. we were wrong, and we need to kind of, like, unlearn some stuff. Mm. you know because they could have still been those parents t- to the day like who could have still been like oh hey, you know what you might want to <laughs> find a real job still <laughs> yeah I, this has definitely been the age where i
0: especially during covid where you know it's kind of almost free in a way like uh like oh wild, wild west
1: no you know. it's it's been great like um even though like i'm back at working in the, in the schools physically now um and having for like last six weeks the six months that we were out like doing this like quarantine thing like it just like opened up the world of possibilities of just like it opened up my mind all the more to like how i can use creativity um and like like find it like how can if, if i'm creative here like as a poet and creative here with like words where can i also apply that and like being able to have this time really just sitting with my creativity being able to like make more create more plan more like ideas like it's been so good like creatively and um has kind of like been kind of this um this kind of like uh this this force to like stretching myself creatively and like monetizing things outside the realm of what i'm like used to when it comes to rap spoken Mm -hmm. word um writing books and all that so that's been kind of cool just having that time like in this pandemic to just like really sit with yourself and like really like learn like figure out what you like doing you know figure out what you like doing and like having that time to really like take those risks because like you're inside like (laughs) <laughs> you can do that yeah. now, you know, so that's been great. I, I definitely missed that part of it, even though it's good to see my like students in person, but
0: yeah. Uh, so I guess, I don't know if you uh, already specified, but what exactly do you do for your, like, you, do you teach?
1: Yeah, I, I work as a, a paraeducator with a, like with a BD school, like a BD program in the Quad Cities. Um, I've worked with BD students uh, for the last like five years. And like BD means like people, it's behavioral disorder, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. I don't like that term because it's just yeah it's a label i, I yeah. yeah i get that yeah but it's like a, a like kids who kind of come from like really h- unfortunate backgrounds home backgrounds mm. like so there's like a stigma yeah mm-hmm. so I, I work with students like that and it's also special needs too but um i work with like kind of like those students who like have like traumas and like stuff that like have internalized so much that they can't focus in the mm. classroom like willing enough to like be successful or like to even just forge healthy relationships with other students so um that's what I do as like my, I guess day job, you know, <laughs> but it's, I love it. I love it. It's like, that's, that's, a uh, that's fulfilling. I, I think like, uh, you know,
0: that's, um, shit. I mean, I don't even know if I'd be willing to do that. I mean, that, take, yeah. that takes a lot.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like for me, like, and like, it's, I don't want this to like sound like super like cliche or deep, but just like, it's, it's one of those things. that's like really kind of like allowed me to kind of like take like, kind of like face my ego in certain ways. uh, in certain ways, honestly, because like when you work in those like environments, like you're going to like be with the kids who say, fuck you or do all this mm. or like who will come at you with scissors <laughs> or like, will try to choke you like out. I've been choked out by a student before and Damn. like being able to be in that space. And like you have to like being in that space, you have to really be mindful of yourself and like, like your, like your anger levels, your irritability mm. and really manage that. Cause it's just like the moment you snap the wrong way, like you're, you put that kid in a worse hole of trauma. So she's yeah, like, man, like, true. it's, it's taught me to really just like take myself out of, outside of myself. Like, and it's been work and it's still work. Like, I'm not like perfect at it. I feel like I know how to like manage it better. Like, uh, the other day, one of my students, like they had me really like pissed because they just were not listening to me and not following things and just were being like obstinate, like on purpose. And like, I was angry. So I told someone was like, Hey, like, I'm in the red zone guy. So I'm going to need you <laughs> to stand over there. <laughs> like stand over there. <laughs> they know what red zone means. Cause I like, I I tell them like to always like regulate their zone. So like, uh, for me, just like being in that place of like, where I kind of like un- understood the, the culture I created and put myself in it. Like it's, I think like all that's kind of like been very like, uh, um, has built like good skills that like I've been able to carry on into like my real life, honestly with like facing issues, like the shit that we deal with now with like, racist folks mm-hmm. crazy folks like people who like get into like, these political debates and all this, this, this and just it's it taught me how to deal with difficult people yeah, <laughs> no. difficult people i shouldn't even try to box it in any just in a broad way difficult people no i get that um no. no and
0: like having those kind of positions definitely does that i mean uh customer service i mean it doesn't it's not necessarily that kind of same thing but that you know in rest you know or working in restaurants uh mm-hmm. You know, that really teaches you to deal with people, really yeah. difficult people.
1: Yeah, no, it's, it, yeah, I, I feel like there's a lot of parallel there because, like, you literally, like, you, you don't know if you're going to work with, like, this a-hole who um, is, doesn't like, <laughs> who doesn't like giving people the respect they deserve and, like, it just treats you wrong. It's like, oh, hey, this didn't have fucking salt on it, you stupid cunt. And it's just, like, being able to deal with people like that is, like, man, I really have to, like, oof, bring yourself back, breathe. Yeah, like, there's breathe. mindfulness <laughs> in that, man. Like, there's mindfulness in a lot of, like, I think vocations where you are just dealing with difficult people, you know. Yeah. You got to like find those threads. I totally get that. Um. So, have you grown up in the Quad Cities most of
0: your life then, or how's that all worked out for you?
1: Yeah, yeah, I've been there like all my uh, like I said like all my life like uh minus uh like the couple years I went to college like outside of uh, the Quad yeah. Cities, but I've been around it all my life. I like I love it. Uh, I definitely like see myself moving just because I think like everything's so familiar to a place where it's like weird. Like the mm. fact that I can like go to like certain neighborhoods and I'm confident enough to like blindfold myself and walk through this neighborhood and not have a problem, it's just like this it's kinda comfortable. You know, it's just like way too comfortable. It's yeah. way too comfortable. So, um but while I'm there, like it's I mean I love the Quad Cities, like even with just like uh all the more just um being able to kinda like be there for like this kind of like a growing art community or creative community, like just being able to like see it from like where it started and seeing kind of seeing it expand to where it is now, because like a lot of like um, I think in the last like when I started like doing like spoken word um, poetry back about five six years ago, um, when I decided to really like kind of like get my feet wet into there, I was like getting my feet wet along with people who um were finding out that they like that there were open mics that they could rap at, and there was other people who were like, oh well, um, I do this art form or that art form. Like um, insert like you're maybe like least fit like an art form that's not really famous and all that or like not really like sought after like seeing all these mm. people like at the same time like um, find these interests that they had art wise and like, get themselves out in community and like meet other people and like form like a kind of create a culture of like artists who like are good at what they do and professional about what they do and like are absolutely talented at what they do it's kind of it's been cool kind of like seeing that develop from like a uh, square one. Cause like the Quad Cities has a lot of like talent, art wise, like amazing talent, like a super amazing talent from like, um, from rap, like rap artists, uh, vocalists, uh, spoken word artists, um, and visual artists, you know, like being able to like be around all these people and like see them kind of like really elevate and like um, elevate the community and themselves has been really cool, really cool.
0: No, um, I you know I think that's the really cool thing about Iowa. And, you know, a lot of these cities in Iowa. Um, I guess I'm I'm more familiar with Des Moines, but uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's just all these pockets of all these like really talented individuals, and I think we're kind of getting into an age where things are changing, and um, you know, those kind of people are melding together. And yeah, things are becoming more legitimate out here. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's going to take time, but I think we are headed in that direction. I think it's safe to say. Oh see. yeah,
1: absolutely. Like this, yeah, this side of the Midwest is kind of like finally like <laughs> yeah, like on that kind of climb up, and it's cool to see that like. Just being able to like see homies too who like have a there's a guy who from who's from East Moline no not from East Moline Davenport originally but his name is Xavier Ruzon but mm-hmm. um he's a rapper out of like uh, Davenport Iowa but he recently got signed to a label in Texas um, out of just like his like continuous grinding making mm-hmm. art figuring out like how art works in like the like the consumer world and all that and like him just using his knowledge to like get himself out of Davenport and like make it so that his job is very monetized and where he's on label. It's cool to see that. Like just saying like, yeah, like that dude was from Davenport mm-hmm. and him kind of like open up that possibility of like, this can happen to anybody who's willing to kind of like do that work. You know, it's cool to be able to like, see those people and like know where they're at now, you know? Yeah, no, um,
0: I was not that bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> people don't give it enough credit. Enough credit.
1: Oh yeah. Not at all.
0: Um, what are some of your inspirations? Mm Would you say? You have uh, a very interesting... I I wanted to comment on this too. You have a very like interesting uh style. Like even when you do rap song, I can tell that it's a lot of uh that kind of that poetry feel. You yeah, know? it's yeah, interesting.
1: I've, yeah, I have a lot of uh. Um, I think first and foremost, um, when I first got into like music and art and all of that, I was actually uh. I just know when the first time I heard rap, the first time I heard rap music, I was thirteen years old because mm. I lived in a very kind of like conservative, mm. like Christian household where like they only played Kurt Frank and Mary Mary. So <laughs> I thought that was the only world w- music that existed besides like, like pop and all that other shit, you know. Mm, yeah, yeah. So um, it's something that I was kind of like guarded from, but I felt like being in uh, junior high, like and having a, having like the opportunity to walk home and like be at home for like an hour while my parents were like at work. I turned on BET and like saw rap for the first time. I was like, holy shit, what is this art form? It's actually super dope. And like, my first influence, uh, uh, the first rapper I heard was Nas and Made You Look was like the first song I heard by him. And like, I had that song on repeat. I'd record like, because you, I, we didn't have like Spotify or iTunes or anything, yeah, so right. like I recorded like a little forty-five second snippet <laughs> like for the voice like record and all that, and like I could take it out like it's take it to school me just listen to that forty-five seconds over and over, because <laughs> I'm like got to make it work somehow. <laughs> but um, um, like like listening to like his music really uh, kind of sparked that like interest to write in me. Like I didn't write music like rap because I didn't think that I had what was needed in rap because like in, in junior high elementary junior high I was always like called like white or this is this, this any other because of like how I held myself and all this so I'm like man like well that means that like because people call me white I can't really do this because you have to be black <laughs> even though you are black It was it's re- really weird like identity crisis type thing but yeah. um I never really had that confidence so like I always write poems and I would always like um write little stories and stuff like that and like um as I kind of like grew more interested in in rap and music like i had like inspirations like lil wayne like who like when he was like really really like and like he's still well he still is a really dope writer but he he kind of had a well he had a legal issue for a while so i, mm-hmm. I get what you're saying he
0: was more prominent in the late 2000s
1: mm-hmm, yeah so like artists like that like in my earlier days like were influences then like kanye west Nas, and like uh wayne um but like what influenced my style like now has been like artists who artists like a propaganda who's um who's a spoken word uh artist and mc out of california and he's just a very interesting thinker and like the fact that he like does spoken word and rap and like can like create this like hybrid of like art like that really like inspired me um to like write the way that i do and even like write and really like hat like have the content that I do like writing wise, when it comes to like spoken word or like music, or, like really talking about something that really provokes thought. Cause like probably again, mm. a very thought provoking person. So he's definitely like my biggest influence. Um, besides that people who are like a little bit more known, um, Kendrick Lamar, which Hell yes. I think a lot of people who are like lyricists and writers and like creatives, like will agree. Like that dude is just different. Like it isn't just like his writing ability, but just like how he thinks about little subtle things he puts in music to just really like tell a big ass story and nobody really knows. Yeah. He's a lot of symbolism. A lot. Like, it's just like, I think like specifically his, uh, his damn project, like just, um, how like the, the concept of like his like internal battle with like good and evil, wickedness or weakness. Like it was just such a deep project and like just little things he did in that project to like really like piece that together. If you're really paying attention, it's just like, man, like he really thought about this. So like, I think like he influenced me to kind of like really, really think about my art like in a very like five d dimensional kind of way, like where like if I'm writing something, I'm already visualizing what it's gonna look like. I'm already like mm-hmm. visualizing what's visualizing what it's gonna sound like. I'm also mm-hmm. thinking about like what tones I wanna use here or if I want to raise the octave here to like have these different voices kind of talking to themselves, like in this like certain piece, you know, like I'm really a big fan of that. Cause like creating art with layers like that, even though like Matt, the masses of people won't get it. People. Cause like, I mean, consumers for the most part, they just listen. And they're like, Oh, like it's cool. It's those yeah. who like are really listening and like really wrestle with that and really like pick apart art like that, like are like ones to pick apart art. Like those people like are, are the ones that I really like like creating for. Cause like with that comes like, With that kind of, like, picking apart work, um, a work of somebody, let's say Kendrick Lamar's uh, Pride song, off his Damn Project, one of my favorite songs, like, as you're like, it's, say if you're, like, just sitting there reading it and listening, it really kind of takes you on this journey that's not just, like, examining the words, but, like, thinking about, like, yourself in that, like, narrative of, like, man, like, what he's saying is like really true, and it's speaking to me in this way. Why is it speaking to me in this way? And like, it kind of takes a person like this thought-provoking, introspective kind of like journey. So, I'm always a big fan of that. Um, creating art that does that. Pre- creating art that like really provokes somebody to think, and also it has to be dope as well. You know, like, <laughs> yep. It's like for me, that's my whole like my whole like uh, mantra is like a make good art, and for me, like good art is like art that's authentic and art that's dope because like you have to have both those like formulas for art. Like, you can have art that's authentic i.e. button poetry which is boring as hell I do not like button poetry because it's just like (laughs) what's the difference between like what's button poetry button poetry it's very um very white (laughs) it's very very fucking white um and like I don't like it's like it's it's kind of like if you listen to it, it like every person who considers themselves like a like a button poet enthusiast they all have like the same tone of like how they do poetry my mother took me to the store to get candy and like it's just like this it all follows like this formula like that there's this is unwritten formula like that everybody has to follow and not only that it's just like it's less about creating art that's dope and like if it just has a message that resonates with that person's like biases or what their side or what their like label like say like it's there's a perfect example And I'm going to put this on blast. I'm going to put this spoken word (laughs) slam poetry event on blast. But um, there's this uh, slam poetry event I did in Iowa City, right? Um, I think it was last year. Um, And it was like a national one. Like, no, it was an international one where, like, the winner of the one in Iowa City would, like, record a video and, like, compete with somebody, people in, like, different countries and all that. Um, So it was a pretty big deal. It was really cool. Um, What was it? What was that? What was it called? I think it was the I yeah, the Iowa City Poetry Slam is what it was called. You wanna look that up, Molly? I C P like That's it's curious. it's it's the acronyms. But um with this event, like um so I went there, spit and like a lot of my homies like were involved in it too. And um there was a sixteen year old who like joined this uh spoke word slam um at the last minute, um, who had a phone and would read poetry off her phone, which is like you just uh, don't do that in those competitions. Uh, <laughs> you don't okay. do it. It's like you don't do those in the competition. You come ready with like and memorized and like already mm. ready because like you're 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 cognizant of like the there's a time frame you got to fit your po- poem within yep. and all that. But this person like they came up, read their poem, and like ar- artistically it was okay, <laughs> but like, every, but she ended up getting si- uh, like she ended up getting second place I think in this event um, because of her message. It's just like, oh, like, Mm. even though this is an artful, like, it speaks to our bias. So, like, we're going to let her beat out this artist who's actually really dope and talented and memorizes their work and has, like, emotion behind theirs. Like, he just didn't fit our message all the more. And, like, for me, like, that's kind of like what Button Poetry is to kind of bring it back together. It's just like it's more focused on, like, the message. Like, you'll Mm. hear a lot of them on suicide or like how (laughs) dumb men are or how like (laughs) racist people are and just like it's just all that's it it's just like you guys don't want to talk about nothing else like yeah yeah, these things exist but like if you have a homie who talks about something different and is dope at it that person's probably not going to win compared to the person who like says Mm. writes a poem about suicide which is in the pantheon of suicide poems you know yeah right not to say that like i mean and it's it's good that like artists like write and express that because like pushing that out is like finding that healing in that but like when it comes like competition like when it comes to actual like that professionalism and work it's just like for me it's just there has to be an element of like being interested in the art part of it yeah yeah and the aesthetics because that's that's what art is it's not just like that's what makes it interesting and different mm -hmm. for most people like uh, you need that element to, mm-hmm. uh, to really stand out exactly like it's needed it's just like for it's it, it's, it should be one of those things it's like like a, a no-brainer right like it's just like mm-hmm. it's it, it's art like you got to be able to like like know like how many like know kind of your your pantheon of words you can use or wordplay you can use or imagery and like play with these things like equations and formulas and figure mm-hmm. out like a way that hasn't been done yet like that's what kind of like it, that's that's what adds that exciting exciting element to art, you know. So like, yeah, button poetry is just too focused on like. I drank this bottle of water this morning. Oh yes, yeah, and same with the last dude who uh, did a fucking poem. <laughs> just, I'm dogging it too bad.
0: No, no, I I, I get that. There's like a certain there's a certain mantra that's like, we'll just automatically win. Like if you, if you talk suicide, like you're automatically going to get first place, you know? Cause yeah. that's just like, it's a pity party,
1: mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I just like, and it's, and it's. And I think for me, like I have kind of like the perspective that I do. Cause like I was a person who wasn't like who, who's in spoken word, but I wasn't inspired to write poetry from poetry, like poetry. And it's like natural sense of like what inspired others to write poetry. Like some, a lot of people are like find their, um, passion to write poetry from Robert Frost or from from um, Edgar Allan Poe and all this. like, no, I, I listen to like <laughs> Nas and Battle Rap and that's what influenced me to write poetry. So like, I look very different than like kind of that button poetry like culture. So like, I just don't fit like in within that space, which like makes it like to a point where like I, it's hard to even call like what I do like spoken word because I feel like that has like an ism or what it looks like, or like has, a, has an image of what it looks like. And people think of that bum poetry thing. It's just like, it's not that though. Like it's, it's weird. It's like you, like you said, like you've, you've heard some of my work. So it's just like, it's very just different, you know? Yeah. And like your like vocally, your style is a lot different too.
0: Uh, I, d- I appreciate what you're saying though. Um, With like laying things out. Like I, like when I write, my, my hip-hop or my rap like I feel like i do that um very same way like mm-hmm. you're looking at it as a whole um and you know there's that's the thing about it's interesting about hip-hop is there's you know, so many different styles like a lot of people come in here and they just freestyle they can just do it you know Pac mm-hmm. man he can just like yeah just go yeah Disney, he, can... he just pull out thin air and it's insane mm-hmm. You
1: know, yeah but I
0: appreciate that um there are people that do you know like like Kendrick Lamar you know you see his when he's writing and it now it's all very planned like I appreciate Mm -hmm. that other people do. Yeah. Yeah. Having
1: somebody who's like not just known for like the lyricism because like I I, I always like to put that out there because like I think like people kind of like take away from like kind of like my whole perspective on like art that I'm like this like super conservative backpacker. Like, oh, you're just about lyrics and and rhyming and all this is like, no, actually, that's pretty boring, too, because like you can you have times where you're like, you know, like you have like like insert your favorite lyricist and you know them so well that you get what flow they're about to use or what yeah word breakdown they're going to use i'm like okay i get it like elephant hella rant <laughs> like <laughs> pentagram <rant>. like okay <laughs> I, I heard that like it's just like you know it's just like i feel like an artist like a, a creative like who knows to, to me like a, a, a um A masterful rap creative is one who kind of like knows the various forms and pulls from any of those at any given moment. Like, okay, I'll use lyricism here, but here I'm gonna use irony as well. And here I'm gonna change like the the vocal tone in my voice and do this like little poem thing that's kind of weird, but it all makes sense with the piece. Like, I think that's like a, a masterful rap creative is kind of like a. I always like, like, and it's like a kung fu master, as like cliche as it is, with, like the whole wu tang you know, yeah. <laughs> but it's just like, you know, all these different styles, you know, what to use, what will be used here, and like, you'll you'll even get like creative and like mix two different styles, you know, and make something different. So like, I think you gotta be able to have like that writing skill, but also that space of like being super creative, which is why I like, I do like um the art and aesthetic of like, what we kind of hear with like, pe- what people call mumble rap. I'm saying, yeah. I like that a lot because like, it's more focused on the the inflections and the sounds, like with how like they might not even focus on the lyrics and all that, but they're focused on like how something sounds. They'll make something like sound different, like when you think about um, the Migos, hmm. like they have like they have all these like different like
0: just all these yeah, like different yeah, flow yeah.
1: sounds. Like though they're not saying shit, that's okay because they have like this aesthetically pleasing sound going on it's just like man like that's actually dope and like if if someone was to like take that and like combine it with like good writing like i feel like that's really dope art you know because it's just like you're taking from these two different worlds and you're fusing them together though it's, it's even though it's considers breaking the rules you know mm. i think it's dope no i can uh i can see that like, uh i've always I think I've always appreciated
0: rap about rap. is like you kind of use your voice as an instrument in a way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like you can use words, like almost be percussive, you know, mm-hmm. when Eminem's like <clears throat> going really hard. Like it's like you said, like, oh, like, or,
1: you know, per, uh, percussive, mm-hmm. you know? Just yeah, like exactly. Beep, 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 yeah. You, you, yeah. Just having all these, like, just having all, like the fact that like rap can be these like different, like pantheon of like flows and all that. Like it's, I think it's super dope. I think it's really dope actually. Yeah, it's a,
0: it's a beautiful genre. Um, what are some of your performing experiences? Have you performed a lot or?
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I've done, yeah, I've done a lot of uh, performing for sure. Um, like outside of the quads, the, the first tour I went on actually um, was I think like maybe a year or two after. Like I really kind of was getting my feet into the spoken word uh, stuff. And I did like a small tour, like in it, like uh, down south, like Atlanta uh, North Carolina and stuff like that. So, um, I've had experience like outside the Quad Cities and, um, I also had an opportunity, um, last year to, uh, go to Haiti for two weeks, Mm. um, to both like teach poetry and writing and also like collab with like visual artists down there, like kind of like sharing what I do, like lyrically and like find ways to kind of like mesh those together. So, um, that experience was super like, how'd you get the opportunity to go down? Like how'd that all work? It's crazy. Yeah, the um the one of my one of my homies, uh, Lee Rainbooth. Um I met him my third year of college when I was going to college in Sioux City. Um and the, Oh, I am actually from around that area. Okay, really? I know Sioux City a lot. Yeah, I yeah, know I love Sioux City. It was it was a great space when I was there.
0: I always refer to it as Sewer City. That um, Sewer that, City <laughs> <laughs> That Interstate will never be finished. I swear to fucking god. They were working on that when I was a kid and I, I lived up there. Oh in yeah, like,
1: oh I do remember that. Yeah.
0: I was living up in South Dakota last year and like we kind of were around there and I would go through Sioux City and it was just like, God damn it, they still wasn't so done? No, they're oh still working on it.
1: That was like two thousand twelve, like, like yeah. when I was there. My goodness. Forever. God damn.
0: When the housing market crashed, they just stopped construction on it and then just like they're now we're finally <laughs> revitalizing, but you know, probably the economic crash we're gonna get is probably gonna be unfinished forever at this point. Yeah, right. <laughs> just gonna, they might as well just keep it.
1: That's our that's just a Sioux City staple. Like if they if they try to fix it, somebody's gonna like protest that. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. like no, <laughs> these guys kept it this long. Damn it, keep it. <laughs> somebody's gonna be mad oh, about that. Yeah, true. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's where i met my homie at um when I was going to school there, and like we kind of just stayed in connection. And this is way before like. Way before I had it in my mind to like do anything like with art in the capacity that I do now, but he, he kind of like continued to follow me and uh, saw what I was doing art-wise, and um, he booked me for uh, an event to like raise money for this uh this Haiti project uh, two years ago. So I drove out to ne- Nebraska where he lives at where he lived at and kind of like performed for his um uh, fundraiser, and then um, after that year he gave me opportunity to come come down and like uh teach art for two weeks mm-hmm. and um work with some of the artists down there as well. So uh, we I, I raised money to kind of like uh go towards um the art center that he worked at down there. Um and went down there in February, which was kind of dope because like I left on like a ice storm <laughs> <laughs> and like got into Haiti and it was like, oh shit, like shit was crazy. Like it was kinda like just being able to like experience those two different climates within a like 488 <laughs> hour span I was like, Holy crap, this is crazy. So that was kind of dope. But, um, yeah, he's, I met him like through school and like, it, we just kind of like stayed in con- connection and, um, the opportunity just opened up out of that just connection. And then him noticing like what I was doing art wise.
0: Hmm.
1: Um, so I guess like, what, what was he like for you then? It was dope. You know what? Um, so before, like I, before I left, uh, the U S to go there, um, I kind of told myself, which I, I'm proud of myself for, at, the, at the time for doing this, but I told myself that like I would go there and kind of forget about everything that I've heard about Haiti as like an mm-hmm. American and go in there like okay like fresh with a fresh set, of eyes. A fresh set yeah. of eyes and like and with that interest and curiosity and all that. So um when I went there. Um, like, even though like I, for example, I had people who would like tell me like, Oh, like you, you better be get re- better be ready to like have your heart broken when you go to Haiti. Like there's all these poor babies here and fires and, um, all this, all this stuff. And like, as true as that may be, I feel like that kind of comes from a very, like, very narrow assessment mm. of a giant ass, like of a, of a pretty like a place. Yeah, yeah. Of a country. So I'm <laughs> like, man, place, like yeah. I get that, but I'm not going to like label these people as like needier or this is the setting other. I'm just gonna look yeah. at them as people, and like being able to go in there and that. I feel like I looked at a lot of like the the places that I stayed at in like a new kind of way. Like um, the first two three days I was there, I stayed in this like little slum village in a in a Port-au-Prince, and like it was a it was like a village that was still like very kind of like like rubbled from like what happened in 2010. Mm. So like there were their streets were literally like rubble. <laughs> like it was just like rubble and um there's like buildings that were kind of like knocked down but like in the midst of that like there were kids who are playing soccer over these still there's people who are still living their life like yeah okay this is cool so like there was even like (laughs) there was a funeral that happened that day and like in this like this kind of like a pallbearer like ceremony that happened like there's people like dancing and throwing up this like coffin down the street and all this like just seeing like how these people like like were didn't see themselves as like victims or like broken and all this. Mm. Obviously they had their shit because they had like a I think they still got a pretty like fucked up president there. But um oh, yeah, w- corrupt as fuck. Yeah, dude is like crooked as hell. But even with all that considered like they they found enjoyment with what with with their space, you know. And I was like that that just being able to like look at it that way and not like pity people and like just mm. really kind of like humbling. Like, yeah. It, it was kind of cool. It was a, it was, a, it was really, it was a really cool experience. So, um, it was really like, it was, and as cliche as it is, like it's, it's, it's one of those experiences that really like changed how I like looked at like the U S now. Like it really changed like a lot of my perspective, like from the people that I talked to and like, just knowing they like, um, how like their customs were there and, mm-hmm. and all that. Like, um, there was, um, a lady who stayed in the village, um, that I stayed in, uh, for the uh, thirteen next days. Um and she was like a voodoo priestess. So um mm. at the time the podcast that I was working with, I was like, yo, like I'm gonna get an interview with this lady. We're gonna put this <laughs> bitch on. <laughs> but um I had like an hour and a half long conversation um with this woman who like practiced voodoo and practiced like all that and was still can, still somebody who like went to church, went to like a Christian church in Haiti and all that. Mm, and like seeing that like and, like, seeing her express, like, how Haiti doesn't have, like, that duality of, like, oh, this is good and this is bad. It's like, no, they both exist in the same space and can't exist in the same space. Mm-hmm. So I was like, man, like, that's really cool, like, how, like, they see everything as one. They don't see, like, this as bad or that as bad. Obviously, there's, like, they, they have a mindfulness of, like, good voodoo and bad voodoo, but there's a whole theology behind that shit that <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we, yeah. Will, we won't really break down. It's but different. Like, yeah. yeah, exactly. Just seeing them, like, being able to be in a community of, like, being able to like be a community where you have like this Christian pastor who may not practice voodoo still like be in the same space as like the who practice voodoo and go to their church and like have them yeah. be in like a healthy authentic community not trying to like disprove the other or like have these stupid debates about who's right and who's wrong but they're yeah. being able to like see it all as one and like stay together and like that really changed my perspective of a lot of like the dualities we catch ourselves into like politically mainly like in the in, in like the US it like really changed my perspective on that and really like allowed me to kind of like break down unlearn that whole duality of like even like left and right and all this is just that The other me able to say like okay like these are just people at the end of the day like they have like yeah. these differing ideas but like they're all from like if you get to the the root of it, it all comes from like the same source or same space it just looks different in the the mm. journey of it you know and created these sides of like oh well we're better than this side or we're better yeah. than that side you know <laughs> uh no like uh, m- mutual respect
0: uh is a very important thing i think that's something that um this country really lacks uh, mm-hmm. and uh you know that, that's that kind of goes kind of also plays into like the whole uh you know kind of a buddhist mentality almost mm-hmm. um like just co coexisting, co-living yeah. Um, no seriously not even like a sense of like bad or good just like this is just like everything
1: is needed in order to function mm-hmm. in life. yeah it's all one it's all one mm-hmm. i've really been um the last like ever since i got back from haiti like i've i've been like doing a lot more like studying on things like voodoo and like uh also buddhism and like mindfulness the practice of mindfulness and all and all that and um for me it's, it's really kind of um released this kind of like need that i used to have of just like being involved with like having a, a political side that I'm on just so I could have these friends who like are on the same space of like, believing the same thing that I do. And like um, with that, having boundaries on what I can and cannot say. So I don't just dis- make anybody in that group mad and get like, mm. get exiled or canceled and all this, 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 any other, but I, I just being able to like unlearn that has kind of like taken away this neediness of like needing to like be on a team or like, have like these uh very e- ego-driven ideas because like that's, it's just like it's, like, with, with, with I feel like if people really understood that a little bit more, and it's not like a, I'm like a guru on shit like that, so I don't want to want that to come <laughs> off as of that or anything because I'm just giving my perspective on stuff. But like if we understood that like all is one kind of like ism, um I think a lot like a, a, we'd have less of a neediness and less less of an ego to like get into these arguments that you see on like facebook or like when you see or even we, with people like you see like kind of like steve crowder who like does he seems mm. like wanting to argue for for no reason really like for no for no reason like <laughs> but but yourself it's just like it's there's such an ego and like neediness to that and like it's it's exhausting yeah. it's super i will exhausting. agree with that
0: definitely uh he yeah he's he's out there he, yeah it's interesting
1: it's just like it's it's for me it's just like it's it, it doesn't do anything in, in the end of the day like all it does yeah. is like kind of like makes yourself feel good about yourself and your your followers make themselves feel good about, yeah, we're on the right team because they made this point until this person makes that point and their people are like, oh yeah, they made a point to beat out their point. And like, it's just this fucking tiring ass fucking game of yeah, like, let's disprove each other. <laughs> it's so easy to get
0: like, lost in that especially yeah. with social media and like how you know it's literally designed to give you that dopamine rush like mm-hmm. it's almost like facebook is designed to make you angry mm-hmm. you know what i mean it's just exactly. designed to like give you this shocking thing happened and this horrible thing happened and like mm-hmm. and at the end of the day you're like oh my god the world fucking is a shithole yeah <laughs> and it's just
1: like it, de- it desensitizes you like it really like yes. dehumanizes it kind of makes you dehumanize yourself and just dehumanize the other person because like the thing about it is like when you kind of see everything with like the shootings, for example, that have they've had that have happened forever, you know, like of just like police brutality and all that. The fact that like a shooting will happen, somebody will get murdered and people jump to this place automatically of like, OK, who's right? Who's wrong? Who's right? It's just, like a human just fucking died. Like, yeah. that's not your fucking talking point.
0: That's the important thing. At the, yeah. yeah. And it's just it's scary when you
1: think about it. It's just, like we literally like use deaths as talking points and we'll like mm. literally like justify whether somebody was supposed to be brutally murdered it's just like this. It's, it's weird like it's super weird when you think about it when you take yourself out of it and you're thinking about it it's just like man like it's like you really have to dehumanize somebody so much to the point where you're like point that I want to make they're not really a human yeah I'll say like oh yeah let's have compassion for them but they did have this track record <laughs> it's just like it's,
0: it's, it's weird like it's so weird yeah And that's the big, you know, everybody just seems so divided. I, I, not to get into me, but I feel like I'm always more in the middle. And like, I, I just happen to be someone, or I just tend to be someone who can just look at both and just be like, can we just like yeah, chill the fuck out on some of these things and just come to some kind of middle ground. I mean, that is, I think that is vital if we want to, you know, move forward. Mm -hmm. I think any rational person can agree with that.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like anything that is an extreme like idea of like this completely right. So that means that's wrong and doesn't even consider that like that's a pretty dangerous like it's a very dangerous, <laughs> dangerous m- mindset like you think that everything you think is completely right and that nothing is wrong like <laughs> it's just like i think those people who are like really kind of the 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 game changers are people who like really like have like really influential uh impact on like other people are those who kind of like live in that middle space as you kind of talk mm-hmm. about like live in that space of like non-duality of like being able to see both sides and see both the ugly and the good and being able to like truthfully assess these things because they don't have a team they're attached to exactly you know?
0: take things like take things that happen by, like a case-by-case basis and be like okay these are the this is what happened etc cetera, etc cetera, et cetera, and you can kind of deter it by you know based on what you believe and I think that's important versus like going oh this happened what did they tell me to think okay this is what okay this is how I'm gonna you know exactly i think that happens so easily and so often it's uh, Mm -hmm. it's just tragic
1: yeah because just like it's it's hard to do hard work by yourself so like if you have somebody who does their own hard work even though it may be out of their own bias you're like oh well this makes it easy for me so i'll just root for them so they'll continue to do the work for me and like tell me what to think because i don't want to think for myself because that's a lot of work and i got a nine to five (laughs) and I'm fucking depressed and stressed most of the time, so I don't want to deal with that. It's just like it's you know. Yeah, that, <laughs> it's just yeah, like, that's true too. It's just like, yeah, it's just it's hard work. Like being able to like mm. take yourself out of yourself, like when you, cause when you take away that ego, like it's you're working from a blank canvas, it's just like, damn, I gotta paint this fucking picture myself. Like shit. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, and you know, it's uh it's really like uh being well,
1: like I said, I don't know, I just lost my train of thought.
0: Weird day, man. <laughs> oh, you're good. Um, <laughs> um what what about your podcast? Um, you, you do the black thoughts podcast uh, tell me a little bit about that
1: yeah um so the black thoughts podcast is uh, been a podcast that we have that I've been hosting for the last like two years and um my manager um and guy who I could do a lot of video work with we had like a, we had a conversation for a year like before we really like decided to take on like the black thoughts podcast but we wanted to create a podcast that was um that was facilitating honest conversations mm. And um, in a way um, that's really kind of like digs into like the um, um, digs into kind of like the the deeper meaning behind stuff. Like, for example, like um, in in black communities, like when it comes to the um, topic of like religion, all you're given is Baptist and Kojic or you're just going Mm. to hell. That's it. Like, you don't know about black agnostics. You don't know about black Buddhists. You don't know about black Zen Buddhists. Because, like, it's just like, when you're black, it's just like, that doesn't exist. Like, it's only, it's only, we're only Jesus, baby. <laughs> 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 we're only Jesus, baby. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's,
0: that's a really interesting thing about, like, hip-hop is, like, the, uh, not to, but, you know, like, with the black community dominating the hip-hop, you know, there's mm-hmm. a lot of religious uh you know influence in hip yeah and it definitely tends to i think go towards that christian mindset yeah
1: and i will say like with that just and, and i will say like with what i just said though too like that i like there is an understanding of like how afrocentric christianity is outside of like what we see western wise because i'm always mm. explaining i had this like thing I, I wrote this piece actually i wrote this uh uh piece called stars of me zach which is like kind of like the reflections i had after like leaving haiti and like coming back and i had this conversation with this dude online which is why i deleted facebook (laughs) conversations (laughs) don't go well there but this dude like i guess i said something like spiritual and like he took it as me like being super overtly christian and he's Uh, like aubrey you know um Uh, Christian slave owner, like Christian slave, like slave owners were Christian, right? And like, kind of having that very like smug, like, bitch, don't ever, like, you know what you were doing, like, this is like, don't ask a dumbass question, and like, be like, you do know this, right? This is like that's just worthy you can slap the fuck up like they just just, like like, pulled point out of nowhere yeah but that thing but that thing that he like was kind of pointing at is a very universal idea of like how Mm. when people think christianity they only think the white version they only think like the stories Mm. of like slave masters evangelicalism all this dogmatic crap that we have now but they do not know what existed before that like because again like the bible came out of fucking egypt didn't come out of fucking utah like this is like so it was like it was it's black as hell it's like why not know about like the black narrative and all that and like i I say that all to say that like that kind of like i i understand that kind of like theme of like and i appreciate the fuck out of that theme of like how like rap um has like there's i don't like if you pick one you can pick one rapper i i bet you like any one rapper you think of they probably have some religious tone in their song because of that just being the culture of just, yeah. just being that 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 plot <clears throat> that they're cut from so like I'm always, I always have to explain that's like homies who are like always like oh man like they believe in that christian shit it's like rose well, that uh, no like it's we got to make that divide there you know you got to understand but you know
0: no i i i totally get that there's definitely mm-hmm. a difference between Well, it's all interrelated, but there's like a culture and a religion. They're like separate entities. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and like culture can be influenced by religion. You can have certain things in your culture that kind of reflect that. But like Mm -hmm. there are people who participate in the culture who don't participate in the religion.
1: Exactly. Jews are a really good example. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. So like it's like with all that said, like it's even like with that understanding that I like that I have about like Christianity from the black perspective and story, Mm -hmm. it's always good to have Expose people to like all the thoughts though, like everything that's like black, because like the Christian church wasn't the only thing that existed like yeah, in no, no. in Africa. Like there was again like Voodooism. There was like like people who are like mona- like who's practiced monasticism and like were desert fathers and desert mothers who had like some Christian theology types up, but like were a lot more like free form Eastern religion type like thinking mm-hmm. people. So like, but people don't know that. And like, if people like for me like when I found that out. And I was like, oh, shit, like there's a bigger world of spirituality that is like black culture. Like it made me feel a lot more comfortable mm-hmm. um, engaging with that spirituality and that practice and the like that theology, you know, because I'm like, OK, like, well, people of color have been here. So like for me, like knowing how those conversations, like how like those kind of like ventures influence me. Like we created this Black Dots podcast, to like give people also that opportunity to like see like outside the spaces that they're put in because like not not everybody's gonna have like the opportunities I that I have had or the same opportunities somebody else has had to like leave like a country or leave a certain space that yeah. had like a certain condition thought. So like I think with that it's kinda of, it, it's it's kind of like um an opportunity to be able to like take what i found out and like even find homies who know different stuff that I don't even know about who are like Black Zen Buddhists or like black atheists and like have them come on and like mm. talk about like their ism and how they got to where they are and like how they like face those hardships of like being I had I, one of my homies who was on it. Um, One of my good homies, Brandy Donaldson who um considers herself like Christian, but is also part of the LGBTQ community. And like, for me, I'm like, yo, that's dope. Like, talk to people like how you hold that duality because like mm. in black church it's just, like no like homosexuality said yeah, no no yeah. but like for her being somebody who's like this entity of like oh actually I'm gay and Christian it's just like it gets some it gets people like who are on that space of like having a lot of like identity crises of like oh well, like even though I want to believe in this I can't because I'm gay like when I see somebody who like is on this podcast who does is that like unique beautiful hybrid of like they're this yeah. and that. They're like, wow, I can be that because that person was that, you know. So like, we wanted the Black Thought uh, uh, podcast to like provoke, like facilitate like thought provoking conversations, but also like having it be like this op, this permission um, granted to the listener to like be different, be what they want to be, you know. Mm-hmm. So um,
0: that open ended kind of. I mean, I mean, I think we try to facilitate that here too. But like, I really do appreciate that. Um, he was a podcaster i'm doing that um because yeah yeah, i i think it's you know for everyone i think it's really easy to put people in these boxes yeah and it we need platforms that can uh you know not you know expand on other things Mm -hmm.
1: yeah i think just uh, just me being like again like an educator and they're working in the schools i think that's where i get a lot of my like Mm. how i kind of think about that because i'm always thinking about like I'm, i'm working eight hours a day like Helping these students like find them be- the be- find their best selves like how can I like continue to create art that like de- so I'm like with that um, being kind of like my um, thing that I'm always in I think out of just being a product of my environment I also create art that also does that you know mm-hmm. so I'm always thinking about that like from like when it comes to, like podcasts and all that because like the more people are like the more people like the more opportunities like you kind of open up for people to like be able to like know that they can like be different. Um, like it, it makes all the more better of people like being able to like get on that like what we were talking about earlier just beginning in that space of like um, kind of leaving that like like that silly uh, aspect of your ego or like that silly uh, boundary or gatekeeping that like you let keep you bound by this like one way to think or one way to act or one way to behave um, there's power when when somebody comes and like breaks that down it's says like you can do whatever yeah. you want like you're yeah
0: yeah Barbara. it's kind of like uh it's kind of like when there are like videos of like white people yelling at black people and calling them white supremacists because they don't agree with them it's like that's are you are you retarded?
1: yeah
0: <laughs> oh my <laughs> are you an idiot like- <laughs>
1: that's that's the duality <laughs> thing though it's just like we don't like i don't even see your color i just see an idea and and it, it just it I really is thing where people like literally like just do not see <laughs> the color it's it's just a funny story i actually had uh with that i always thought about this because i was just looking at this uh I'm working on a book right now, my uh, one of my next uh, poetry books. But mm-hmm. um, there's one piece that um, I wrote last year out of this conversation I had um, with this um, white woman who like works, at, who like uh, who I work with, and all this. And like they're like we're having this conversation, like I forgot what it was about. It was um it was getting really heated for her, like on her end. I was just like, oh, well, it's whatever. Like <laughs> I'm just saying stuff. <laughs> it was like it's like don't don't take it over. Like it's whatever. But like she got so upset to a point where like she looked at me. She's like. Aubrey like you need to really check your privilege and like for me I'm like do you not see the irony in this like you were so offended by my idea that like you who has more than me is like <laughs> wants to attack me it's just like it, it was. Just, it's just funny like how like you can get so possessed by an idea that you do again like you dehumanize yeah. Like, you dehumanize that person so much that you just see the idea and like when you get taken out that when you take yourself out of yourself I like really look at us it, like oh shit that was very like counterintuitive you know <laughs> it's just funny man people are just humans yeah. are funny
0: well you know the key to avoid that kind of stuff is education i think and that's why Boom. i really appreciate what you're doing
1: yeah man i love it yeah I, I love it you know it's it's one of those things that like i i really like am in that space of just like i really believe i was telling a homie the other day that um when i was in kindergarten um you know when they have you do those like little things of like what do you want to be when you grow up and all that mm, yeah when i was in kindergarten like my mom still has the book um, somewhere in our attic um in the book like what I wrote out what I wanted to be was like a teacher so from there like I'm like with that considered like i'm I'm really like i'm re- i'm I'm pretty like i'm I'm confident that like being an educator is something that you, the universe has always like had there and kind of showed me when I was a kid and said like and it's kind of a testament of like when you're like given something like by the universe, like it doesn't matter what the fuck somebody says that you're not gonna do or are gonna do instead it's just like you gotta trust that gut, you know. So it, it, it's it's kind of being it's cool to be able to like see that, but education is definitely one of my. I, I I'm definitely like, um, confident that I'm supposed to like be there, you know. Yeah, well, you know, con- you know, talking about confidence,
0: like that's kind of what we gotta be as a podcaster too. You know, you gotta be willing oh, to have yeah. people with different ideas, and you know, if their idea is a little you know you gotta be able to kind of you know maybe debate that a little bit yeah
1: and just even being able to accept that you can learn something from it even if it's not anything and again like the only way to do that is like to take your ego out but like for me like i'm always like every like podcast uh every guest i have on like i'm always eager to learn from them like Mm. it can be like my homie like with our black thoughts podcast um i have one of my good homies crelo who's an amazing artist too um he's on our like honor segment for the, like the black church, uh, segment where we talk about religion he's an atheist. And like, for me talking to him, I was like, man, like I can learn a lot about just like his unlearning process and what I can like take from that in my unlearning process as I like mm-hmm. unlearn toxic things that I've learned about religion or just anything. So like, you got to be able to like know that like, no matter if the person like agrees with what you agree, agrees with something that you don't agree with is like pro that. And you're anti that it's just like, you can still learn something from this person. Like it's the moment yeah. when you said that, you know, more than that person is like, yeah, well you're going to fuck up somewhere down the road. And I ain't yeah. even met. <laughs> there's
0: always somebody better, more you know, smarter with more experience. You know, there's always a, there's mm-hmm. always a higher. Point.
1: Yeah. It's, 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 it's like a continually growing ceiling, you know? yeah, Like it's just, yeah. it's always when somebody has this idea, there's going to be somebody who adds this one little detail that makes it that. And somebody who does that, it's just like, so you got to be able to just like, be okay with that roof always growing <laughs> yeah <laughs> you
0: know? yeah so uh, what's your process of like uh finding guests or like you know setting up your show that kind of stuff what all well, goes into that for you.
1: we actually still um um it's funny that you say that because like um uh, as i was telling you like off like off of this um we've kind of been taking like a break with like yeah. doing a lot of recording with the black thoughts podcast because we want to get that figured out more along with like getting an actual mm. team and all that um because we kind of just reached out when we first started we just kind of like reached out to um anybody that we could which we is still like a a strategy we still want to like go by but um as we kind of like uh grow and like have a team we want to be able to be like very um very um what's the word for it very um thoughtful about like our hosts and all that very thoughtful about like what they can bring and like what different idea they can bring that like people can like benefit from and all that so um we're still getting all that like figured out though so um it's kind of like in that space of like still getting it figured out since yeah it's only between t- the black thoughts podcast i was only between two brains so <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> you can only get yeah so far with that which is yeah. two brains well i really appreciate what you're doing uh
0: i, I love seeing podcasters in iowa and in the midwest it gives people or it gives a different voice and a different platform
1: yeah it's like yeah it's, it's it's i mean it's i mean podcasting is art just like any other yep. you know so like it's cool to see people like taking it serious and like treating it as art taking like their full effort, mind and attention to it. So it's, it's cool to be able to like see other podcasts as podcasters as yourself, like do it yeah. as well, man. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, I really, yeah. I like what you're doing. Absolutely. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, you know, like I said, we,
0: we always try to have, um, open platform, you know, uh, mm-hmm. talk about whatever. That's always my goal. Yeah. Um, what do you think about, uh, we were kind of talking about this earlier that this fucking cuties film. Yeah. This shit's, uh, I don't know. We haven't really talked about it since the last. Pod. A lot of stuff has happened this week. Um, I, like I said, I, was, yeah. I, I got rid of Spotify and Netflix in the same week. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. just like the cuties thing. That senator died. Uh, what was that last night?
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. You know what? It's Rbg. Like that was that. Like that was her. Uh... That might have been. Yeah, I did. Like I, I, I feel bad because like whenever I, I shouldn't say I feel bad, but um, like when I kind of saw like that she passed away, like I was like, okay, who was this? So, like, yeah, I kind of, like, went yeah. to looking up who she was, but I still don't think I know enough about her. And, like, the fact that she, like, uh, the fact that, like, people, like, talked about her death is, like, she did something, like, monumental. So, I should know this human being. So, like, I feel really, like, I, I really want to, like, figure out who she was and what hmm. she did and all that. Because, like, it was kind of one of those, like, surprises to me of, like, oh, like, I didn't I didn't know who this human being was, you know? Yeah.
0: Well, she was, sick. she was sick for a while. I remember she came up in the news, like, two or three months ago or something. But uh, she was a pretty big... Feminist figure, I think. Oh, that's yeah, like kind of her prominent.
1: Oh, that's uh, dope as hell. Oh, that's shoot. What it is. That's super dope. Dang, yeah. So she was, yeah, okay. She was really with deal. the shits. Hey,
0: yeah, Jeez. I, I sound like an asshole, but um, I mean, she was 87. I mean, in general terms, that's a really old age for, yeah, it kind of, yeah, any it's, position. I think that's the thing people need to like. Yes, this is very sad, but at the same time, I hope people can be like, okay, should we like kind of be? I hope this is like another step in people being like, you know, can we like really analyze analyze this? Get younger people in those positions. You know yeah.
1: What I mean? No. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Get. Yeah. That that makes a good point. These people shouldn't be like
0: dropping dead at like these like the highest
1: government positions. You
0: know, that just leads to great yeah, shit.
1: <laughs> and like some yeah yeah and like a lot of like a lot of like people. Like at that age, like already cognitively, like Mm, okay with what they believe, and you can't tell them any otherwise, you know. So like having people like who I feel like just like with this kind of like the space of like consciousness that kind of like exists with like people who are like our age and also like younger. There's kind of like that space that they that people hold who like really tap into it, who are okay with like always learning and being okay, like like admitting that they believe something that was like fucked up yeah, <laughs> and yeah, like admitting yeah. that, you know, like you don't really see that there, there's just so much like pride and like, mm. like a holding to with like people who are like older. Cause it's just like, where we, this is how we were taught. We were taught this for 60, 70 years. So like with that considered, like whatever we do, like these people who like become like mayors and all this, like this is going to look like what we, what we look, well, this is going to look like what we want it to look like and not necessarily what people yeah. need, you know? So, I definitely that is a definitely a good point of like having people who are like younger for for that reason, you know. Yeah, I mean still very sad. I mean, she oh, yeah. was obviously It is still yeah, it's still it, yeah, it, like just death, I mean, again like for certain, like death is a sad thing, so like, yeah. But I mean I don't know.
0: Weird times we're in, man. And, you know, uh, not to get too political, but I mean, we're seeing this right now with the presidential election. We have two people in their seventies running for president. I mean, I don't know how people can just not. You know, I, I just think it's ridiculous. I told have-
1: somebody that like this presidential election election is like watching a meth out <laughs> breakdancer and a clown <laughs> who has schizophrenia or something like like fight each other. <laughs> like, it's just like man, like oh,
0: it's gonna be enter- <laughs> it's gonna be entertaining and terrifying at the same. Yeah, time. Yeah,
1: it's just like my goodness, like you're gonna so- be laughing
0: and then like a minute later, you are just gonna have anxiety. And then like,
1: you almost oh had God. Kanye West over here who also was like, I feel left out the party. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just like, what the fuck is happening?
0: You know, I had a we- not a tangent, but I had a weird ass dream last night where Kanye West killed himself.
1: Oh, really? oh man, it's like you know, not to, yeah. Uh, I hope that doesn't happen. Hope, but, hope it's not prophetic. Let's yeah yeah let's not knock knock on wood but
0: i mean it is really sad his uh mental health has been declining and all that
1: (laughs) yeah no man it's it's i remember seeing like um that um thing he did i forgot what it's called because i'm bad with like these political terms and all that but when he when he announced that he was running for president and had Mm. that kind of like campaign and all that oh yeah did you see that at all Uh, i actually didn't know yeah he had this moment um where he uh broke down crying when he was talking Mm. about his stances on like abortion which like I don't like agree with his stances in that but um what was like what was interesting to me is like when he talked about it you could see this PTSD switch in his brain where he just started breaking down like really realizing like how his dad wanted him aborted and he broke down in that like had this mental disorder thing happening and like for me I'm like man like me being like the empath that I am I'm like geez like he's really going through it mentally, but then you see this world again of like YouTube of like, people are like, Oh, this dude's stupid. Oh, Kanye lost lost again. And he's like, this dude is having like a mental breakdown. Like, yeah, we should pay like, that's something to really pay attention to and like empathize with like, and, and be understanding of when you're understanding of that, you understand like why he does all of these like crazy, like these really like out of like out of the box things. <laughs> yeah. Like, like yeah. throwing his Grammy, well, I did that, that. was a flex when he threw his Grammy in the toilet and pissed on it. That was a flex. I will say that. <laughs> so.
0: I didn't know he did that. Yeah, he. You want to pull that up, Molly? Holy
1: shit! Yeah, he he, he, <laughs> threw, he put his Grammy in a toilet and pissed on it a couple of days ago. I was like, you know what, Kanye, big flex, <laughs> big flex. Well, the, the slavery is a choice thing. uh no, I don't think you, you could have worded. I, I I knew what you were trying to say, but you could have just not have said that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. it's like you, you, your mental thing. I get it. Yep, right there. Oh, he got
0: Twitter timeout for it. Of course, he did. <laughs>
1: for pissing on. I've family. never seen this. I've never heard this. Yeah, it happened yeah. a couple days ago.
0: Oh, it was a couple days ago. Yeah, just a few days ago. Oh, okay, well, just a few maybe days. Maybe that's ago. why.
1: And it's just yeah, it's not playing. The oh, internet, man. Huh? Yeah, right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, but no, you know, success comes at a price, you know. Okay, guys, so check this mm-hmm. out. All right, check guys, this out. Oh, to
1: oh yeah. Over 100 pages of his I hope this isn't copyright. You, can, yeah. you can
0: you try to just skip to the to part? To really you don't need to watch all this. this he oh, here we go. Just on do it. Yeah, there you go.
1: Hey. hey, fuck them awards. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, that's gotta be the brink of insanity, huh? Huh? Where, where you just like don't give up. Like, you just. Point where you don't yeah, give a fuck. yeah, right. Doesn't even matter.
1: Yeah. Like, <laughs>
0: like <laughs> he'll always be Kanye West, you know? He could burn his whole house down, everything in it. He would still be fucking Kanye West. Right? You know? <laughs> he would still get back up. It's fucking God. good. That guy's something else yeah um yeah shit we've been going for a minute
1: um we can keep going man i can keep so yeah was, unless yeah yeah i i do am not taking up any time for me I'm, <laughs> I'm cool i can i can talk for what you got back from a recording session how how'd that go i'm um, it was dope i was actually um with one of my homies who i um met through like the the wonderful world that the internet is connecting like you to different people and all that i met him mm-hmm. through like ig because he was really interested in a lot of my work that i was doing artist wise and like my first project, he actually tossed me a B for free for uh, to use on my um, Sensei of Syllables project I put out um, at the beginning of this year. And ever since then, we kind of always kept up with each other, kind of always stay in contact. And he had this idea of just um, creating um, an EP between two of us. And I've always wanted to do like a collab EP with somebody where I'm just like, we're just doing a lot of creative, mm. experimental stuff and kind Hell of just, yeah. like doing that. So um, I think at the yeah the beginning of the quarantine, we started this idea of like doing this um this collab project and um that's what we that's what uh we were finishing up today and all oh, that okay. i'm actually going to be going there again today to kind of like get some finishing touches mm. on stuff but um okay yeah release date for that is to be tba but it, it was a really cool project project to able to like work with somebody and like being able to like kind of learn how they do things aesthetically and learning how like mm. you can complement that instead of like trying to like over there's a lot of cohesiveness that kind of that i kind of like learned from that um the collaborative work so it was really dope being able to do that
0: that's awesome so it, are you guys both rapping is he producing you rapping how's that
1: oh uh, yeah i mean he, he he does all the um he did all he did about uh 90 of the production like okay. beat wise um and he he raps as well so like he'll produce the beat um he'll be rapping and i'll be doing either spoken word or rap or um anything of that sort um so there's it's, it's very versatile in that like um, from like the content that we have in there and the, the way we attack um, each uh, track and like each um, each track on this project, so it's very experimental. It definitely will have its like surprises, like very pleasant surprises. So, <laughs> no,
0: that's awesome. I always love those projects, and you know, I think that's the thing I kind of struggle with too. But like, I think Des Moines or Iowa in general, I guess, needs to get on is like collaborating, like doing projects with like you know multiple people. Like, mm-hmm. I'm really waiting for that album that has like. 10 to 20 different artists like all yeah the
1: same thing, you know? yeah I, I would say des moines is like one of the places that d- does really well at that honestly man like the, hmm. the the collaborative like energy that i see from des moines is like way different than like what i see like in davenport where i like stay stay uh staying you know like it's um it's there's there's collab there's like collaborative a uh, collaborativeness happening in both like cities but like seeing des moines like coming to the morning and seeing like people who um, do different styles of rap collab with each other Mm. and then them collabing with these other people, um, just like as if it's like natural, um has been really dope to see. So I I feel like Des Moines, I really kind of like, to me, like a blueprint of what that collaborative work looks mm. like of just like collaborating yeah. with people who do different things, you know? I guess I'm more
0: meant So like, I guess there's, there's a divide. Like there are a lot of people who collab, but there are a lot of individuals who, oh, you know, come yeah. and they're like very egotistical, like about themselves. Like mm-hmm. I'm the goat of Iowa. I'm the, you know, they even say like, I'm the goat of Iowa. I'm the best. And they don't even like really know anyone. I feel like there's, you know, cause we get a lot of people in here who are just like, yeah, and not to diss them, they're fine. But uh, you know, I don't necessarily know if they're willing to collab on the level that maybe you are.
1: Oh so yeah, I mean. yeah. It's man, yeah. It's that those those art those artist safe zones, man. They can they can, <laughs> they can fuck you up. <laughs> they can fuck you up. Like that's what's and, good about hip hop, though. There
0: aren't really very many safe zones in like.
1: Yeah, know, exactly. Genre. Yeah, exactly. Like there's yeah, there's a lot of like there's a lot of um opportunity to like really like do different things, you know, and like as it gets bigger and bit like as like different like uh aesthetics of rap like evolve and all that it just makes yeah. it more and more possible so i think the, i mean the beginnings
0: are like a basically just a huge fuck you you know nwa all that you know mm-hmm. if yeah you, you can emulate that in any way i think so, there's a, I don't we don't even need to get too political on this but like we're kind of ending we're nearing towards like a really weird time and you know i think like what do you think is gonna happen by the end of the year end of 2020 where do you think we're gonna be looking at
1: Man, I don't know. Like <laughs> it's so like, you know what? I, I've like, I think I put myself in a place of being okay with uncertainty. I'll, like even though I can think like pre, mm. pre pandemic, I was like okay with like. Not knowing, but like, I feel like I'm all the more just like okay with just saying, like, oh, I, I really don't know, like, what's gonna happen at the end of this year. It's like, I think we're probably gonna be like this. Like, it's, we might be like this till 2030, or, or it might be done <laughs> tomorrow, or we all just might like die. And I hope that doesn't happen, but it's just like, I just don't know. You know what? So I, I feel like I've just lived in that space of just like uncertainty, cause like, there's just so much craziness. There's just so much chaos. Like, mm. I feel like, um, it's, it's, it's chaos that's kind of like good in the sense of like, so like, like with this pandemic, I've been telling my, my my friends and like close homies is that like I feel like we've all been we kind of like faced with this like faced with the inevitable concept of death. From like you can either die from a virus, or you mm. can get die die from a cop, or you can just die from like somebody who just wants to shoot you up. Because you've you've seen all that happen in this last six months. Like the where where I live at, um, we just had somebody two months ago. Uh, this guy who was like angry and feeling some type of way, like went to a, a a funeral of a boy who, who died of cancer, like eight year old boy. Like there was a funeral that they had. And like this guy went to this funeral and shot the dad in the head at his son's funeral. And after he was arrested, he put himself on like Facebook live bragging about it. And I'm like, yo, like we really have like people really slowly deteriorating with all this. Like you have this going on, you have people protesting, like, Mass to the, to a very silly extent. Yeah, people who can get away from like murder in this in this case, and like if, if you if you manage to avoid all of that, you could probably die from a virus. <laughs> so it's just like it's like you've, we've been faced with this like really inevitable concept of like death, and like I feel like what that does, what's what that's done to us is like it's either put you in a place of, like paranoia, where mm-hmm. you're just always paranoid. Yeah, you're very just like closed off and isolated in a very unhealthy sense. Um. Or um, you're someone who's just always distracting yourself, like not wanting to face this concept of death. So, like, you'll mm. binge watch like fucking nine seasons of like insert your favorite. Netflix show. If you're still watching Netflix (laughs) and you'll just binge and you'll just watch, not with the intent of like, you like the show, but just like, I don't want to face this shit right now. Like I'm about to freak the fuck out. Like Netflix (laughs) or it's just like, and for me, like there's also that space of like, really like honestly sitting with that, you know, like Mm -hmm. I think in this last, um, uh, mainly like when, when the thing happened with, uh, Ahmaud Arbery, um, that really hit close to me being somebody who ran cross country and track and was always like just going on oh, runs. run. No way. I was yeah. cross country too. Yeah. Uh, hey, bro, man. Hey. <laughs> yeah. But, um, I, yeah, I ran all from junior high throughout college. So like for 13 years, like I ran outside, like in very remote places and that could have been me. So like that, that cut really deep. Um, mm. and then I feel like the, um, the thing with George Floyd, like really threw me into this really dark, disgusting, yet, like, necessary liminal space of, like, just being very, like, cynical of everything around me, pessimistic, and um, really facing this idea that, like, oh, shit, like, like, I could literally, like, die, like, (laughs) like, I could literally die going on a jog down the street, or I could literally die just by, like, like doing just being in the wrong place at the wrong time with the wrong dude (laughs) you know and it's just like for me it kind of put me in a space of like really sitting with those ideas and like i I hate using the word sitting but just for lack of a, for this just like because i feel like sitting people think of just like you're you're calming it all i was like no like i was in that bitch shaking scared like in my mind just like contemplating things like in, in very dark ways but like being able to really sit with that and not distract myself from it. It really made me kind of like be like, it really made me all the more like learn mindfulness all the more or learn meditation all the more or learn like, and practice these uh things of like buddh Buddhism and things I learned from voodoo <clears throat> and like really put those things into practice, to, like keep myself in a very centered to keep myself finding order in the chaos, you know, being able to keep myself in that, like being still, even when everything is falling the fuck apart, you know, no, I really appreciate that. I think that's, uh, you know, that
0: kind of when the whole coronavirus started, like I've always had kind of this view on death. You know, you can look at this coronavirus and you can, you know, make it the worst thing in the world. But, you know, there are so many things in our reality that can just take us like that. Mm-hmm. And I've always kind of had the mindset, you, you know, you can wear, a ma- I can wear a mask at the grocery store and be polite. But beyond that, I'm not going to like... Lose my fucking shit over a virus. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. just exactly. with so many different things going on. I mean, if you just if you live in that, I mean, and for people I know who do live in that, I just feel so sorry for them. Yeah,
1: it's yeah, it's a prison. Like it's, I mean, that's a prison. Like I said, like it's like a prison of just paranoia where you just literally just like you're you're scared about the most irrational thing You know, like you just allow fear to like put you in all these places where like if you're around somebody who has their mask out for a second outside, you're like, oh my gosh, put your mask out, I could die right now. It's just like, yeah. <laughs> Well,
0: like the snitches, snitches get rewards. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh. Snitches get rewards. That's like, it has to be. Did up. you hear,
0: like, they got, like, so much fucking, like, the, the department, like, put out this hotline and, like, the email and everything, and people just, like, spammed them. Like, just crap, oh, like, wait. dick pics and, like.
1: Wait, so wait, wait, sit, wait, sit, wait. Snitches, get, have you ever heard of that? Snitches no, get I thought, no, I thought you, no, I thought, oh, no, no, I, that was a real thing. Uh, in, New what, York, yeah. in New York, in
0: New York and California, they put up a thing where if you could snitch on people not wearing their mask and not like staying in and taking COVID precautions, and they actually fined a couple people. Um, some couple got fined like $1,600 $1, each for going on a vacation in New York. What? Yeah. Well, you want to pull that up, Molly?
1: That is insane. Are you serious?
0: Yeah. Uh, and there, there's a clip of like, I think, I could, be, I could be wrong, but I think it's the New York mayor saying snitches get, yep, snitches get rewards.
1: <laughs> well, oh, okay, LA. Snitches get rewards. That name is just fucking... We crazy. need to make sure that everybody Golden.
0: continues to let us know where those folks are. If you've observed recurring violations of the Safer at Home Order, please continue to let us know at coronavirus.lacity.org slash business violation. You know the old expression about snitches? Well, in this case, snitches get rewards. We want with to your thank snitches.
1: you. <laughs> <laughs> and get your ass and beat around right here. <laughs> <laughs> so I get fucked up. That's your reward. <laughs> no,
0: yeah, but some you know some people are real fucks with that. Uh, some people got you know screwed for like you know choosing not to wear a mask. You know that is just yeah. Which I mean, okay, you can argue whether that's good or bad. But, I mean, sure, that person's like. You know, livelihood be affected by that. Like, should there, you know?
1: Yeah, find like sixteen hundred dollars, just like in a time where like that person probably yeah. isn't working right now, and they're like, oh fuck, sixteen hundred dollars. I'm not working right now. and like oh fuck 1600 dollars i am not working right now i am not getting paid. Yeah. Oh crap, that's like all on my bank account. It's just that's kind of yeah, that's kind of. It extra. just show, It just goes to show the man doesn't give a fuck. You know. Those yeah. People, those people, <laughs> they do not care. No, you know, they do not give a shit. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Yeah. I did not know that was a thing. Get rewards. <laughs> Someone needs to make a parody of that or something. It's like snitches get rewards. This is the reward level. Level one, you get punched in the throat. Like <laughs> a Dave two, Chappelle <laughs> skit or something. Level two, you're getting body slammed. <laughs> Three, we might have Bruce Lee come and kick you in the chest. <laughs> it's like snitches get rewards. Well, you love them though. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm oh, glad yeah. that Iowa's not gotten that bad. Oh yeah, no, Iowa's just been doing their thing. <laughs> yeah, pretty much.
0: You know, and you know, people have good or bad things to say about that, but yeah, it's interesting. They finally put well. I mean, everybody knows that probably they finally put the mandate up. That's going to come up tomorrow, right? I think September 20th, the bar, the bar close closure. I guess I don't know if they're doing any, any of that in Davenport, but here in Des Moines, oh yeah, I haven't heard like six either. counties uh, put put a mask mandate and uh, some bars and restaurants got closed. Oh, sure. Here, uh, reclosed, so yeah, crazy economic times. Like at my job at work, uh, I'm a cleaner, and uh, we're uh, we're kind of losing work with with all oh, that. Yeah. It's just you know times are rough, and you know, podcasting. I hope uh, helps people through that, and that's you know we're both. Together.
1: Yeah, no, seriously. I mean, it's yeah, it's, it gets. Just... Uh, like just having, like, again, it gives people something to like really sit with and like Mm. really kind of like think about, you know, like I've been binging the heck out of a Duncan Trussell, like family hour podcast. Ah, hell yeah. He's the shit. Yeah. That's the homie, man. That's, that's the big (laughs) homie. But like, just like, just being able to like sit with like pot, like just sit with the episodes that he has. Like, I think it's, it's allowed me to really like be like, you know what? Okay. Like we're surrounded by death. Okay. Whatever. (laughs) Like, (laughs) it's okay. Like he, he's a wild dude he's not yeah he is dope man he is that is a dope human being
0: um have you heard mr robot
1: no i haven't heard Mr. Robot. dude if you got
0: prime check that shit out uh it is all about like um taking down society and like uh there's in the show there's a entity called evil corp it's very reminiscent of like you know any of the big you know, mm. really conglomerate companies yeah and just it, like it's people like it, it utilizes a lot of like computer hacking and like taking them down. It's just like very cleverly written. T- tells mm. a lot about like you know cla- the cla- um, the situation with the classes and everything. Like how there's so much uh, so much of a gap.
1: Um, mm. It really, I really highly recommend anyone watch it. That's been my binging. Mm, yeah, I'm gonna I'm out to have to peep that. I've been yeah. I've been like binge watching like anime and stuff. So Joey Badass is actually in the second season. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's yeah. I'm gonna definitely have to peep that. <laughs> yeah, he Mr- does a really Mr. good Robot. job too. I'm yeah. gonna actually put that in my notes. Oh, shit. Because I'm gonna watch that for sure.
0: Are we back? All right. Jesus fucking Christ. Well, that might be a <laughs> that might might be a sign. Um we are actually Molly's gonna be meeting my parents for the first time tonight, so we gotta wrap this up here.
1: Oh yeah, no, definitely. Um but hey, this has been a really great episode. Yeah, um, this is dope, man. It's really dope. It's, it's just what I expected, you know. It's super dope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, open, like warm, open forum open form,
0: and all that. Yeah. Um, everyone, please follow this guy. Follow his music, Obs. Um, yeah. Follow definitely. his uh, podcast, The Black Thoughts Podcast.
1: Yep, yep. If you, yeah, if you follow like the IG, my IG page, Poetic Obs, P O E T I C A U B S. I'm pretty good at like getting people all that informa- like, information, like the podcast and or my music, so they don't have to like really like search for it themselves. So follow the podcast. I mean, follow my IG, and I'll definitely send you all that information. Okay, yeah, we'll uh, we'll put
0: that on the description
1: too. Oh yeah, that's love. I appreciate that. Yeah. All
0: right, guys, this has been the McAllister Hours, as always. Hey. Uh, great episode, good time. Yeah. Um, stay tuned next week. Ah, shit, I pronounce his name, Bear Sway. I think his name. he's going to be on the podcast next weekend. He's a local rapper. Uh, he's actually from Africa. Um, initially like he grew up there and all that. So, um, hopefully we can get into that kind of get some of that background. It can be really interesting episode, interesting characters. So, all right. It's been a pleasure, man. It's yeah. Been a great appreciate time. it again, man. Um, if, if you ever need a guest when you guys are up and running, uh,
1: feel free. to. Love, oh yeah. You. Yeah. No, I remember. Yeah. Somebody on our team said that. Yeah. They, that you, you reached out and that. So yeah, we, yeah. De- yeah, we'll definitely do that actually. Awesome. Most definitely. All right. Hope you guys all
0: been chilling. having a good night. Um, yeah. Peace Most out. Def. Peace. <laughs> Thank you everybody for listening to today's episode. A wonderful episode of Ops. Um, Like I said, stay tuned next week. We're gonna have Bear Spay. I think that's his his name. It's spelled a little weird, so I'm not exactly sure what the pronunciation But he does some really good shit. Uh, Like I said, he's initially from Africa, so I really hope to pick his brain and maybe talk about growing up there and what that was like. Um, And yeah, uh, thanks again to everyone who's been hanging out, um, listening, all that. You guys mean the world to me, and I really appreciate it. All right, peace out. Everybody have a good night.